Oh my goodness, you crazy son of a bitch. Do you have any idea what you've just done? You've just discovered the Marks and Lestrap Show Podcast Hour. This is the show that may or may not be an hour long based on your perception of time and how much I've got to say. So strap yourselves in and prepare your ears for the journey of a lifetime with your host of the Martin Lestrap Show Podcast Hour, me, you idiot. Welcome everybody to the Martin Lestrap Show Podcast Hour. This is episode number 204 and Boy, oh boy, do I have a fun episode for you today. My guest is author and humorist Bruce A. Smith, or as I call him, Bruce. Bruce is the author of two books. The first book is called Fun With Stuff, and the second book is called The Path to Reason, A Philosophy of Non-Belief. Fun With Stuff is a collection of humor columns, many of which first appeared in a Southern California Mensa publication. So, you know, if you're part of Mensa, then, uh, I don't know, it probably means you can read my mind. I know it means you're super smart, but it probably means that you already knew I was going to say that. Frankly, I I don't know how, how Mensa works. Either way, by Bruce's own admission, these aren't the sort of... Uh, intellectual fairs you might otherwise associate with Mensa. Instead, these are true life stories and exaggerated fabrications that everyone can relate to. Some of the stories Bruce shares in Fun With Stuff are the origins of the saying, your hair looks like a cat sucked on it. He also shares a story about how the phone company wrongly accused him of calling porn numbers in Africa. Bruce's second book, as I mentioned just a, just a minute ago, is called The Path of Reason, A Philosophy of Non-Belief. Now, uh, uh, in this book, unlike Fun With Stuff, this one actually is the sort of intellectual affair you might otherwise associate with, with Mensa. So in this book, Bruce examines today's culture wars and the everyday struggle of individuals to make sense of the world. So he begins with an examination of uh, uh, the two means that we use to understand the world, which are faith and reason. Now, Bruce grew up going to a to, to Baptist church uh, or churches. I don't know if he went to more than one. Uh, anyway, as far as as far as a book that examines faith and ultimately non-belief. Uh, I, I think I think it helps uh, for context. It helps to know that that he's coming from a place of somebody who, who for a, a long period of his time grew up in a in a culture of, of faith. But uh, for Bruce, ultimately, faith leaves him wanting, but reason, on the other hand, proves to be surprisingly valuable. Now, the fact that Bruce is a man who appreciates both logic and reason actually helps put today's episode into context. By the way, both of Bruce's books, Fun With Stuff and The Path of Reason, A Philosophy of Non-Belief, they're both available on Amazon.com. So go out there and support my my, my friend, humorist and author, Bruce A. Smith. I, I specify the A, that's, that's his middle initial, because as you might imagine, there are a lot of Bruce Smiths on Amazon. It's... um. 
it, it's not uh, it, it, it's not exactly uh, uh, the, the sort of name that um, you know you're I'm trying to be polite it's just not a unique name but Bruce knows that but Bruce A. Smith so that's Bruce middle initial A put the period in there Smith then you'll you'll be able to find his stuff or just just whatever look up his titles fun with stuff by Bruce A. Smith and the path of reason a philosophy of non-belief by Bruce A. Smith anyway though a, a second ago I was telling you why his second book actually helps put today's episode into context so the reason is this Bruce is a man who appreciates logic and reason and he's also a man who who loves escape rooms and as I eventually learned, uh, escape rooms are an activity that that um, they are very dependent on logic and reason. So, so, so the fact that Bruce wrote a book that uh, that ultimately uh, trumpets logic and reason says a lot about the man who who also loves escape rooms. In fact, he he more than loves them. Bruce is what you might call an escape room fanatic or an escape room fanatic, depending on your preferred pronunciation. So where am I going with this? Not that long ago, Bruce and I were in Houston, Texas. And while we were in Houston, Texas, Bruce wanted to, he wanted to do something of a, uh, an escape room tour. And for, for, for my purposes, since I'd never done an escape room myself, and in fact, I, I really genuinely didn't understand what an escape room was. So, so I decided that not only did I, did I want to join Bruce on his escape room tour, but that we should podcast about it. That, uh, you know, so we can, you know, ultimately get, get my, my, my reactions, my understanding of escape rooms, uh, you know, recorded on the record, if you will, in real time or something close to, to, to real time. Now, with that in mind, I, I mentioned that Bruce and I were in Houston, Texas. So so because we recorded in my hotel room with a, with a portable recorder, as opposed to the, uh, the equipment I house in the illustrious Martin Lestrap Show Podcast Hour Studios. The, the sound, it's not exactly ideal, but it's not bad. It's really not bad, all things considered. But if you find yourself listening and thinking to yourself, why does why does the sound in Bruce and Martin's conversation sound different than Martin's voice sounds right now? Well, that's that's the reason. So, without any further ado. Enjoy my conversation with my pal, Bruce A. Smith. You would think to yourself, here's what, if you're, if you're a listener and a fan of this show, here's what you're thinking to yourself. Oh, Martin is talking to another author. Clearly, clearly, they're going to talk about writing and books, and they're going to talk about Bruce's books. That that would stand a reason if you're a fan of the Martin Lestrap Show podcast hour. Here's the exciting part about today's episode. You would be absolutely incorrect if that's what you thought was going to happen, because today, well, today we're going to talk about escape rooms. That is correct. And not only are we going to talk about escape rooms, but here's the deal. 
Bruce, aside from being a humorist, aside from being an author, aside from being an all-around nice guy, Bruce is, and you can tell me if I'm off base at all, Bruce, Bruce is a genuine expert in the art of escaping rooms. I'm pretty good. (laughs) That's what I'll go with. I've been... The term is an escape room enthusiast that they've been using to describe people who are really super into escape games. Mm -hmm. And I think having played 105 games at this point, quickly to soon to be 106. Soon to be 106. Oh, that's the other part. I nearly forgot that part. So, So again, Bruce has just 105 escape rooms. If you're listening to this, first of all, I want to think I want you to think about anything that you love. And can you say with certainty that you've done, if you've done that, not only 105 times, but 105 unique times? So, you know, if you like a video game, I don't care if you played that video game 105 times. Have you played 105 unique video games? And can you name them for me? Because Bruce can name all 105 escape rooms. I won't ask you to, Bruce. I just know that you can do it (laughs) if you had to. So tonight's going to be 106. And and here's what's exciting. Bruce is taking me along for the ride. So I'm going to do my very first escape room tonight in Houston, Texas. It is going to be thrilling. Beyond (laughs) thrilling. And and here's the other thing that's exciting. As best as I understand it, if I am not able to successfully escape this room tonight this is the last episode of the marginal strap show podcast hour nobody's going to ever hear from me again is that is that true bruce that's correct i'll be i'll be wrapping up the podcast myself wow afterwards if if you wow. survive and and here's what i want you guys to understand about what bruce just said I want, I want you to appreciate the confidence because when he says he's wrapping up the show he's also saying he's going to escape this room He's not worried about that. He's also saying that he's going to leave me behind, but that, but, but that's okay. There, nobody said no man left behind when it comes to escape rooms. That's right. I think both of those were genu- genuinely implicit. In what I said. <laughs> so for anybody who's listening who doesn't have the appropriate context for what what is an escape room at all, maybe you have no idea, first of all, join the club because I don't really either, but that's why we have a genuine expert escape room enthusiast, a genuine human being who's devoted the primary years of his adult life to learning how to to lock himself in a room and then escape from that locked room. Bruce Smith, so so for, for the folks who actually have no idea what an escape room is, uh, go ahead and fill them in a little bit. Okay. Um, before I do that, I want to clarify one thing. I had a term uh, used on me to describe me earlier today that I had not had used somebody called me no it was yesterday close (laughs) enough they called me an escape room fanatic 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 that was the word they used (laughs) and I don't know how they came to that particular word Uh uh-huh I don't know if they just heard the number of games that I had played and said that's fanatical (laughs) or what but that's that's where we are so I'm yeah, that's probably my, not my description of choice, but <laughs> how would you? There it is. So, so I, I I spend a little bit of, bit, bit of time trading in some hyper hyperbole on your behalf, but if you were going to describe yourself, 
uh, separate from my hyperbole, would you describe yourself any differently than I already have? Here's the thing. I know I've talked to a lady who has played over 800 escape rooms. That's a lot of that's a lot of escape rooms. And she and her friends have the official Guinness World Book record of escape rooms beaten in a 24-hour period. I forget what that number is, but they stayed up for 24 hours solid, and they played a bunch of games in Russia, which is the only place that would accommodate them to do that. <laughs> and they put, they got the record. So those people are the experts, I would have to say. All right. Well, so I would call. So I don't know if that makes me a fanatic or a sub expert or an advanced escape room player. Maybe here's the only thing that I know: these these women who may very well be fictional because I've not met them. Not only have I not met them, I've never done an escape room with them, nor have I seen their entry in the Guinness Book of World Records. So as far as I'm concerned, they don't even exist. That's very generous of you to invent some women to, to show a little bit of humility because that's how good you are. I'm not going to let you get away with that. You are you are the leading expert, not just in North America, but in the world. You are the leading expert on escape rooms. I'm going to say would, that on the record. I would have to say, okay, first of all, you busted me. You're right. Um, <laughs> and second of all, if I'm the expert in the world. Yes. Then no that, ifs, but that, go ahead. Okay, since I am the expert in the world, yes, that would also imply that I am the expert in the universe, yes, because they doubt that there are other planets that have escape rooms. Well, let me ask you this: How happy would you be if you found out there were escape rooms in other planets? I'd be pissed because I couldn't go to them. <laughs> Think big, because if it <laughs> if they exist, you can actually go there. Uh, so, so again, so really quickly. Just describe what what is an escape room from anybody who has no idea what we're talking about. Technically, they should call them puzzle rooms. Okay. Because you don't always have to escape. Mm -hmm. They don't always lock the door. Okay. Most states forbid them to lock the door because of fire regulations, but some of them do, and they put a little escape latch right by the door so you can press the button and the door will pop open. Okay. Um. So, and there, there's a lot of arguments about whether that's the best name for them, but we're kind of stuck with it now. Mm -hmm. So they're puzzle rooms. So you go in and you solve puzzles to, to meet a goal, whatever that may be. Sometimes, mm -hmm. most escape rooms have a story or a theme. The vast majority of them do. So you're trying to accomplish a goal, like uh, in the game I just played recently, I was trying to find a lead and slap. So while you're doing that you are unlocking locks uh, putting solving puzzles it could be anything from a jigsaw puzzle to trying to get a key out of a bottle mm -hmm. to trying to figure out how to open a door or sorting through a bunch of books or just searching a room and looking for clues yeah so what's cool about it is every time you go into a room you don't know what kind of puzzles you're going to be facing mm -hmm. and the general the general state you walk into the room is what's going on mm -hmm. and it, over and over <laughs> again what's going on I've got to figure out what's happening here and so you kind of slowly piece together 
you know, hey, there's some things on the wall, the pattern of those things match what's on this table over here, or hey, I found a chest that's got four numbers, and across the room I found four numbers on this laminated piece of paper, so maybe those go together and maybe I can open this lock. Mm -hmm. And as you're doing that, you kind of, by process of elimination, figure out all the puzzles. I feel like last night, and uh, so last night in your hotel room, I feel like I got an up-close glimpse of the leading expert in escape rooms in action because both in your room and in my hotel room, we have we have a mystery that we have yet to solve. We have, we, well, A, we have a light that will not turn on, and we have a switch that when we hit it, seemingly turns nothing on so it would make sense that the switch would turn on the light that's not turning on but that's not the case so i was watching bruce last night you know go go into go into complete escape room mode as he was looking for clues throughout his hotel room to try to figure out how this light turns on and and why and why it's not turning on and in fact i i made the comment to you i feel like this is this is how you are in in, in an escape room and, uh, and, and you agree this is kind of sort of what you do. Yeah, that's exactly correct. It was the, the case of the mystery desk lamp light <laughs> case mystery. Which which I, I, I swear I swore this to Bruce and I swear to you listeners, that light was on my first night in this room and I swear I hit a switch and I turned it off and it has not turned on since. And so I have no idea... And in fact, I, I it might have just been maybe it was a dream that I turned it off. I have no idea. Also, speaking of which, Ruth, uh, so you mentioned that they're called escape rooms, but maybe it's more apt to call them puzzle rooms. Right. If if it's in the realm of possibility that we can rename them at all, is it fair that I call them murder rooms? If you don't get out of the room tonight, yes. Okay. So, so, so with that said, I'd like to revise what I said earlier and say I am very excited tonight to try my first murder room. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to escape. And if I don't, Bruce will escape because he's the leading master in this. And he will absolutely finish this podcast for me. And, and maybe he's going to pick it up from here. Maybe he'll do the, the next 100 episodes and, and take you guys all the way to episode 300. Promise me this. It'll still be called the Martin Lestrap Show Podcast Hour with your host, Bruce Smith. Something like that. So what's... uh, Oh, and actually, too, I I should mention this. In Houston, we're going to be here for a few days. We're doing an escape room every night for the next three nights. Is that correct? Yes. Um, The murder room... (laughs) I already messed that up. We're We're doing the murder room of death after we play the murder room. And then the murder room of death and destruction. Outstanding. Out... Standing. So, the, what's the uh, what's those the actual, are, what, what are we those doing? Are progressive, <laughs> progressive difficulty is what that reflects <laughs> in the naming there. So, what uh, what's the because uh, as you mentioned, every escape room it has a different theme. So, what's tonight's escape room? Mummy's curse. Mummy's curse. Do we know? I mean, I, I guess I can sort of guess. Do we know anything about the theme uh, with with regards to mummy's curse? It's uh, an Egyptian theme, clearly. Okay. Um, and I think the mummy's curse is that you get athlete's foot, but <laughs> I'm not sure. It has something to do with a fungus. Sure. That sounds about right. That's, yeah. some, that, that's something you might murder somebody over. Yeah. Here's, okay, so as far as murder rooms go, uh, are we talking like, <laughs> like 
like like first degree murder, like premeditated murder, it's like manslaughter murder. To take you back to a recent headline, it's like the guy in the Popeyes line stabbing the other guy uh, for yes. a chicken sandwich. Yeah, we saw that uh, this morning on the news yeah. during breakfast that there was a man. It's like that. The guy, they, they, there was a fight over Popeyes chicken, and one guy got stabbed, fatally stabbed. Because at first I was like, oh. That's a shame. That guy got stabbed. I hope he's. I hope he. I hope he's all right. Only to find out that he got stabbed to death, and uh, in my in my immediate reaction, and, and Bruce, you can testify to this if uh, if you like. My immediate reaction was, I need to, I need to try Popeye's chicken. They've got to be good. It's it has to be. It's so good you'll stab somebody to death over it. Is what I've heard. And that's the same thing you can say about escape rooms. <laughs> So, so the plan for the rest murder. of this episode, murder rooms. Thank you. Hey, we got to correct ourselves. We got to stop calling them by their by their fake news name, and call them by the appropriate name, mm-hmm. which are which are murder rooms. So, so, so the idea, so the idea is for the next three nights, Bruce and I, uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk for a few minutes before we head out to the murder room. Uh, Go ahead, please. Can I? Um, so before we do that, I just want to ha- I want to ask you. Because I want to see how your perception of of murder rooms changes uh-huh. before you go in them. And oh, after yeah, you go in there. good. So I would like to know what you th- what you're expecting, what you think it. Might okay, be. so assuming assuming that I don't get murdered, and I'm going to be optimistic and assume that I don't get murdered. Beyond that, I picture it a little bit like. I think I always picture it like going to the movies. And so when like when you go to the movies, like you walk through the through the lobby and they, they take your ticket and then you go in there and then at some point there's a door and that door takes you into your theater and once you go into that theater you escape into, you know, a whole another fantasy world. So I sort of ima- I assume that you know, I assume that, you know, there's there's gonna be a, 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 pro- a some some process by which we'll we'll show up. We'll uh, we'll walk into a room, maybe there's a lobby of some sort. I'm hoping that if there is a lobby, it's already going to be themed. Like I, I'm hoping that they immerse us in the theme of the of the murder room before we get into the actual murder room, and then you know once we get in, they'll lead us to whatever door. They'll let us into the door. They'll lock us in to the murder room, and then once we're in there, I I assume that the the only the only clue that we have is that we've agreed to go into the murder room, so we know that we're in a murder room, and that's the only clue that we have. And at that point. It's just walking around, knocking on walls, tipping over lamps, turning on TVs, opening drawers, trying to find clues to ensure that we don't get murdered within uh, within the hour. We only have like an hour to not get murdered. Is that right? That's, yes. Okay, so we have an hour to not get murdered. That's 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 my perception, and you don't have to verify if I if I'm if I'm close or not because when, once we finish the murder room, assuming I survive. We can uh, we can come back and, and, and debrief how tonight's murder room went. All right. Does that sound all right? Yeah. So and, and we'll do the same thing for the next two nights. And then afterwards, I'll I'll host the rest of the episode. Absolutely, because that's the other thing. Like, let's say let's say I get by tonight's murder room. Let's say I get by tomorrow night's murder room. What are the odds that I can survive three murder rooms in a row? Especially if I've never done a murder room. I'm going to be honest. I don't think the odds are good. Here's the deal. The theme of the third murder room that we're going to be playing is a seance. Shit. So, so what if in the third one we're actually talking to Martin from Beyond the Grave? Oh, my God. In fact, you know what? With that in mind... Then you can still host. 
I almost hope that I get murdered in the second room. I'd, yeah. I'd like to. I'd like to at least experience escaping one murder room, but then I can get murdered in the second murder room, and in the third murder room, you'll connect. You'll connect with me via seance because that's that's actually, it's like a it's a Houdini murder room. So that's so the theme is going to be a seance, but then instead of reaching Houdini, you're going to reach Martin, and then I can I can host from from beyond the grave. Uh, that 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 part of the podcast. This is getting exciting. And then we can we can hire that uh, medium. Yes. And she will whenever you need to do a podcast. Absolutely. She'll just summon you from from the great beyond, and you're good to go. This is getting better and better. All right, I'm feeling good about this. Okay. So here's what's going to happen. Bruce and I are going to spend the next couple of hours doing this murder, murder room gimmick. But for those of you <laughs> yeah. listening. It's only going to be, I was going to say a couple of seconds. That's generous. We're going to be gone for roughly, roughly one, one and a half seconds, and then we're going to be right back. Hello, and welcome back to the Martin Lestraps Show podcast hour with your host, Bruce Smith. Uh, we uh, recently returned from playing the game Mummy's Curse. It's a murder game. And as a direct result of that, Martin Lestraps died. Um, I know that may come as a shock to some of you, but the end result of that is that uh, this show will have a different host. Uh, it'll be me. And um, nothing about, don't worry though, because nothing about the show is going to change at all. Um, except for, we're never ever going to mention Martin's books again. Um, and. We're going to talk exclusively about escape rooms. God damn it, Bruce. Did you tell them that I was murdered? I did. I'm sorry. We, we specific... Okay, so first of all, here's what happened. A murder happened. I wasn't murdered, but in order to get out of that room, I did have to murder. Now, I don't want to implicate myself, so I'm not going to say how many murders there were. But suffice it to say, there were murders, plural. And uh, and, 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 they, and we may have murdered mummies. But again, <laughs> I don't want to implicate myself whatsoever. That being said... No actual mummies were hurt in the <laughs> filming of this podcast. Welcome to the Bruce Smith Podcast Hour with your host, Martin Lestraps. We have successfully returned... Uh, after several hours of murder escaping, again, for you listeners, we we were only gone for a matter of seconds, less than seconds, but Bruce and I are now exhausted after a night of murdering and escaping. and uh, Escaping I, I, and murdering. And uh, escaping and murdering, and so it seems only right that we should we should debrief our, our evening, which for Bruce, this was your 106th murder room. For me, this was my very first murder room, and uh, so I, I guess. Well, you know, I, I, I guess we'll start with my general my general impressions. So, absolute first impression: that was fun. That was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, I don't regret my decision to do three nights in a row of murder rooms. Um, it was. It was. I guess it. I, I think it was more challenging than I expected, but I also didn't think it was going to be easy. 
but so as far as like the puzzles go, I mean part part of the fun and part of the uh, part of the fun and part of the frustration is, and this was one of my first. This is kind of how I imagined it, which is just walk into a room with very little context, and there are puzzles, but it's not it's not always immediately clear where the puzzle is and uh, what the what the objective is but then you find the puzzle and then you kind of work out the objective oh also so a couple things that i that i that i was things that i didn't expect that that happened so so i knew the room had a theme but the room also had uh had a narrative it had a scenario so when we get there there's a game master he's our host for the night well he's our host up until he locks us into the murder room he explains the scenario which in our case it was something to do we were in Egypt I think we had a partner they literally were murdered because they they, they, they kicked a tripwire and they were murdered and after he kicks the tripwire we get stuck in the room and so now we have to figure out how to escape the room literally within the story before we get murdered or, or yeah, something like that there was another guy who was murdered yeah. Or touching a statue that the, he shouldn't have touched. He shouldn't have, so there were actually two dead bodies in the room, which again, I knew that I, I, I knew that I was accurate when I when I officially called it a murder room, but I had no idea how accurate I was going to be. So there was two murders before we got there and then a couple of murders for, for us to get out. Um overall it was a good time and I guess I guess it's fair I, I I was trying to decide if we can get away without sharing this, but but the truth is this. Bruce and I did not escape the murder room. And In fact, so we're still there. We're, we're actually we're recording from the we murder room. We are recording from the murder room, which kind of goes against the rules because we're not supposed to really have any, any, any sort of you know, media or electronic devices at all. So if they find out that we're recording a podcast in the murder room, that will not be cool. So we did not escape the murder room and therefore Bruce, Bruce and I collectively are, are left with a, a total of four blue ball, four, four murder room blue balls. Or so Martin assumes. Or so, <laughs> or so, or so I assume because it could be it could be it could be three it could be five or it could be two and when I say two it could be one and one because maybe we're making a lot of assumptions well, that's like one of the math puzzles that we faced in the game see what happens it, yeah you, you play a murder room and all of a sudden everything becomes a puzzle like how many how many murder room blue balls are currently on the table is this a specific name for that kind of puzzle? It's called a testicular puzzle. <laughs> That's what that is. I do want to mention something else about murder rooms, yeah. though, is that I played a murder room in New York where, and this is true, the one of the puzzles or one of the challenges, I would say, is you had to pull the keys out of a, the stomach of a guy who'd just been shot. <laughs> oh, that's outstanding. That's outstanding. The uh, the the room. So the the overall company we were at. It was uh, it was what was it called? The Houston Mystery Room. Yes. So the Houston Mystery Room. May as well give them a call out for for having a having a 
uh, what, I, what, I, what I imagine is a terrific uh, escape room. So the, the Houston Mystery Room, they actually have three separate rooms. So they have the mummy room that we did. They have a Helter Skelter serial killer room, which looked really cool. Uh, I wouldn't mind one day doing that. And then the third one was like a pirate ship yeah. murder room. Okay. Pirate's Plunder. Pirate's Plunder. That one, they said, is the most difficult murder room in Houston. And I don't know if they're just like being braggadocious or if there's some quantifiable way. Maybe it's just based on how many... Oh, that's what it was. It was the, it was the percentage of people who have solved it, which is something crazy like 8%. It's like an 8% success rate or something wild like that. So let me ask you, Bruce Smith, because this was your 106th murder room. How does how did how did you feel about tonight's experience overall? Um, I would say that this was, as far as overall experiences, it was. Well, there's there were a couple special things about this experience, but I'll start with just if I were playing this with just the people I regularly play with, which would be me and my wife and my granddaughters, then I would say that this was an average room, generally. But I got to, I was this is actually an event that I had organized with people from our work. And so it was kinda cool because we had five people in the game who had never played in a, a murder room before and we had two people who had uh, me being one of those. So that was kind of cool just to get to kind of facilitate the game in a in a way a little bit and uh, see how it's it's really fun to see new players play when they haven't played the game before. I was so also that enhances the experience for me. I'm sorry, Bruce. I didn't mean to interrupt. Right. I just wanted to let the people know that I was uh, providing snacks uh, in front of Bruce while he was uh, while he was talking. So if you heard. If you heard the drink, and we're, we're, we're eating... So we're drinking a special holiday drink. It's a limited edition Sprite. It's a winter-spiced cranberry Sprite, which so yes. far I'm enjoying it very much. And we've got some a hint of sea salt, almond nut thins for anybody keeping score on the on the, on the the podcast next Bruce and I are having. Uh, and, and by all means, Bruce, don't feel like you can't chew and crunch loudly uh, into the microphones. The people love it. That's what I've, that's what I've heard. So we're gonna snack for a minute. All right. Um, I was actually retrieving snacks. So you said this was kind of like an average room. Yes. Okay. Um, what were the, what were in, so? What would you say were this room's best qualities in your experience? There was. It's always great in a room where you can have an aha experience where uh-huh. you suddenly go and realize the solution to a puzzle that you've been staring at for a while. Yep. And this, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but I'm going to say this for, for Martin's reference. There is a puzzle involving books. Oh, yeah, yeah. I where I had a, an aha moment, and I went, oh. And I'd been dealing with these objects for, you know, at least five, ten minutes, and then suddenly I realized what to do that would give us the solution to this particular puzzle. By the way, listeners, he literally made that sound. He wasn't just being theatrical. That's the sound that he made. And I'm not joking. It was adorable. (laughs) And I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't solve this one by myself, but at at some point, basically as a team, we opened up a, 
a, a door that led us to another room. I happened to be leaning against the door, so once it opened for us, it scared the shit out of me. That was that that was one that was one of the highlights of the night of the of the of the uh, secret door terrifying me because I had no idea I was leaning against it. What were uh, well actually you know I can so and, uh, one of the things that. One of the things that wasn't my favorite part of the night, so I don't know if this is like a, a, a normal thing with all murder rooms or if this was this particular room, there was, um, and again, I'll keep it vague, but there were um, a tremendous amount of padlocks that we had to unlock. Okay, and I'll jump in on that. There was a definite design flaw in this room okay. in that you had multiple three-digit codes that went with multiple three-digit locks, and you didn't know which lock, once you had figured out a three-digit code, you didn't know which lock it went with. And that is a common design room flaw. Unless there should be a clear indicator, once you found the solution to a puzzle, what it unopens, what it goes with. And um, that was not the case. And what made it worse was after we had finished the game is the game designer I mean the game master kind of mocked us a little bit for not choosing not using a three digit combination alright I missed that go ahead on the on the on the lock that he expected us to that he wanted us to use it on which is first of all again um, game master probably generally I should say should not knock the mock the players afterwards? I think that's fair, yeah. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, something about the game, well, okay, I was going to say something about the game master I didn't know. I want to reiterate, I didn't know that there was a game master that was part of it, so that was another part, that was something that was not part of my expectation, so there's a game master, and we, we meet him in the beginning, he sets things up for us, he's a very nice guy, and then once he locks us in the room, he's not really a nice guy. <laughs> he's not a nice guy because he mocked us at the end. Um, then he goes into a control room with cameras, and he watches us the whole time uh, in, in, a, in a very creepy fashion. And then he's got a microphone who's watching us, and he occasionally talks to us over like an overhead speaker, sometimes to mock us, sometimes to tell us that, uh, you know, well, he didn't give us, he would give us clues if we, if we asked for them. We never actually took advantage of that, really. Um, but he would, I, I feel like there was moments where, there was definitely a moment where we we sort of solved a puzzle, then we didn't think it did anything, so we walked away from it. And then he, you know, he, on his own, spoke to us over the loudspeaker to let us know um, we weren't quite done with that puzzle, to kind of let us know that that was important. That was the puzzle that ended up opening the secret door that uh, that scared the shit out of me. Um so, so I, so that wasn't something I was expecting. I didn't love, and again, if this is what murder rooms are about, that's cool. I still like the experience, but I, I didn't necessarily love that. Like ninety-eight percent of the murder room was find opening a padlock to open up a trunk. Is that is that like a lot of murder rooms, Bruce? Um, murder rooms are moving away from that. Good. Yeah, yeah. there are. A few murder rooms out there that pride themselves on having zero padlocks. I love those murder rooms already. Uh, the escapology 
company in Las Vegas, uh -huh. where we're from, um, has too many locks in their room, but not as many as this room did. Okay. And I, I was interacting with the owner at one point, and I told him, you know, it'd be better if you didn't have so many locks. And he was like, personally, I don't mind locks. And so I thought in my head, well, <laughs> uh, that's stupid. Yeah, go ahead and spend money on your own murder room instead of listening to the people who would actually spend money yeah. to come into your murder room. Yeah. But it's hard to, to design rooms without locks. But I've seen some really brilliant rooms that don't have them or some that just have one or two. Speaking of designing murder rooms, and, I, and I'm sorry if I cut you off, Bruce, but something else that I that I learned that, that I wasn't expecting or even thinking about is with this particular murder room, the, the, the game master, who was also the co-owner, they didn't design these rooms. They purchased these rooms. At least one of them they purchased from Russia. But it sounded like they purchased all of them, and maybe they... They switch things up a little bit, but ultimately, you can it's you can buy a murder room, you know, all kind of all put together, and then just invite people to to, to play it. Yes, that I was not expecting. So I think I mean, and, and I'm not judging either. I'm not saying that you know you shouldn't open a murder room unless you've created it from scratch. Although, as I say that out loud, uh, I would I would be. I, I I would love to experience a murder room where the owner of it also designed it. Have you done that, is that, that a thing? That's usually the case. Okay. So what we experienced tonight was an exception. And the other exception that we experienced tonight was at the start of the game, the game master spent a ton of time going... He brought us all into the room and we're standing there and he's saying, Don't touch this. <laughs> okay. Don't touch this. This puzzle doesn't go... This piece of the puzzle doesn't go with this puzzle. It actually goes with the puzzle somewhere else. And he gave us this... Uh, five, five minutes? Would yeah, that at least. Five minutes of that, and that was really weird. Okay, so, so this was my first room, so I don't know. But in that moment, I'm thinking to myself, I feel like you're sort of robbing us of some of the experience. And he was. Okay. I felt that, but again, I was like, maybe, maybe this is just how they do things. But yeah, that's I, I felt like that. I think he might have done that because we set, because he knew that five out of the seven players were newbies, and we chose the beginner. He gave us a choice of playing it at beginner or advanced mm -hmm. level or whatever. And we said beginner because we were. Yeah. So maybe that's why he did it, but it was kind of over the top on that. I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Um, so overall, before we wrap up until we talk about the next murder room, uh, any final thoughts about this this mummy this mummy themed murder room in, in Houston? There was a fungus. <laughs> I found the fungus. Good, good. Um, there, there was a big furry spider. There, there was. Which, it felt like uh, honestly, it felt out of place. Because I don't, I don't associate big furry spiders with, like, Egyptian-themed murder rooms. Was, Especially because it didn't ultimately have a 
it didn't it didn't lead to solving anything as best as I could tell. Another problem. I'm going to jump back to the locks really fast. Another problem with the locks is that they kind of take you out of the theme. You don't expect that if you go into an actual Egyptian tomb, you're going to find a combination. Lock. Uh, oh yes, yeah. That's spells out Seth or whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah. well, you know what? I was going to make an observation, but out of out of respect for the murder room, I realized that was going to be a specific detail, and I'd rather not do that. So, if you want to know the detail I was going to share, just just uh, shoot me an email or a tweet, and I'll tell you what it was. But otherwise, out of respect, I won't because that, that's something else I learned from Bruce is there's a there's a sort of an unspoken or maybe it's maybe it is a spoken sort of an unofficial unspoken honor amongst murder room enthusiasts that after you go through a room don't share the details because other other murder room enthusiasts want the opportunity to, to basically enjoy it without spoilers so so that's what I was I was respecting that in in, in this moment so so I think we're gonna go we're, we're gonna wrap up but as a reminder Bruce what is tomorrow's murder room tomorrow's murder room is called playground and it's literally a playground it's gonna have slides and mm-hmm. And balls and things like you would find on a children's playground mm-hmm. in an elementary school yard. And here's the and thing: without knowing anything else, that kind of sounds terrifying. I'm hoping that there's a terrifying murder edge to the to the playground. In fact, don't even tell me. I'll I'll be surprised tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So, so for Bruce and I, we're going to have roughly a roughly a 23 hour break until the next murder room. But for you guys, you're going to hear us again in, uh, in roughly one to two seconds. And we're back. Yes, we are. Just like that. Amazing. Time travel. Time, we've been tra- time traveling because as far as you guys know, for all you know, we, we've been talking nonstop since the last time you heard us, but... Full disclosure, it's been, uh, I'd say, a minimum of 24 hours, right? Um, yeah. And go ahead, Bruce. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that in the murder room that we played, yeah, one, Jules Verne was somehow involved in that game. Jules Verne was absolutely involved, which, which is relevant for a couple of authors like us. If you can hear the glee in our voice... I will give you a moment to guess why we are so happy. Spoiler alert, we escaped the murder room. Yeah. That's we escaped the murder room. Right there. And so f- for that, we're going to have a celebratory uh, drink. Let me let me get some ice here. Bruce, give me a sec. Awesome. So I'm doing a celebratory cranberry Winter Spice Cranberry Sprite. Bruce, on the other hand, is doing a celebratory. What do you have there? Alexander Valley, Sonoma County, Cabernet Sauvignon. 2016 is the year. 2016. That is that is the, the, the fanciest, most high-end wine that they sold in our hotel. So that's exactly what, what Bruce bought. What's that? That's it. That's oh, that's it. And let's do a little a little celebratory clinky. Clink. Clink. And I, I was so excited, I realized I have no drink. I just have ice, so give me a sec. This is 
this is a night for celebration. The only thing that gives me pause, Bruce, is we have one more murder room tomorrow, and I would hate to, I would hate to end our three night run on a on a sour note. But right now, right now we're riding the high of successfully escaping the murder room. We're going to talk about that in just a sec. Uh, fill, fill in some time for a second, Bruce. I have to I have to get rid of this ice. Okay, no problem. The uh, murder room that we played today was called the Playground. It was at a place called the Escape Room, cleverly named by the folks here in Houston. <laughs> and uh, we escaped the murder room. I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but I'm just I'm just that goddamn excited. Go ahead, Bruce. It was fun. It was fun. It was called Playground. I wasn't disappointed, but, however, I was, in my heart of hearts, I was hoping that the Playground would be, it, it would be, like, dark and creepy and sort of horror-themed. So, like, I, I was hoping, I was really hoping for the idea of the, the juxtaposition of, of, of a childlike Playground where a, a horrible, violent, bloody murder happened. And he, but you know what, on the other hand, Bruce? The fact that that doesn't... Well, we don't know if it exists, but because it wasn't the room we were in tonight, I think it, it gives me all the more motivation for you and I to start our own murder room. And then the theme is uh, Murder at the Playground. Murder at the Playground. I would love that. And uh, maybe to, maybe in case people thought that was too dark, we can make it kind of like sci-fi fantasy. So maybe it was like a vampire murder or something like that. So the actual room that we played today was very bright and very cheerful. And we were fourth graders. We played the role of fourth grade children. Which, um, which I think you and I did to a T. We nailed that. Uh-huh. Um... We had a team of six people. Mm-hmm. The game master for this game was excellent. Uh, Martin has now been able to see the difference mm-hmm. between a, a, an excellent game master and a mediocre game master. Yeah, right off the top, this game master did not mock us <laughs> for not solving yeah. any puzzles. And that's important. Yeah, that matters. So I'd like to hear how, if you were to do a comparison contrast mm-hmm. essay about this, these two rooms that yeah. you've experienced. First of all, how dramatic, how different were they? Were they dramatically different? Yes, they were dramatically different. Uh, well, okay, I, I feel like I need to preface this. Do I feel a certain extra affection for this room because I escaped it? 100% yes, but even if I didn't escape tonight's murder room... I think I can objectively say that there was a a stark difference between the two. Um, Tonight's murder room, the whole experience of the murder room felt, it felt like whoever, whoever's running this place has a better handle on, on the, on the overall presentation of a, of a murder room. So just like the lobby, which you have to hang out in the lobby for a little while because you're waiting for other people to, Finish their murder rooms. Plus, we had a reservation at a particular time. The lobby itself, uh, there, there was nothing. There was no puzzles in there, but it, it, it was it, it was just very style. It was very stylized. It was very cool. 
in fact, even before we walk in the lobby, just the outside of the building of the murder room, um, from from the paint to the sign to the to the emblems, uh, I took several pictures outside of this murder room. By the time you listen to this, they'll be on Instagram. I don't know what date they'll be on Instagram. Well, actually, I do know what date. Today is November... 6th? 6th. November 6th. You know how I know that, Bruce? Oh. Because tomorrow is my wedding anniversary oh, crap. with my wife, who's in a completely different state than I am, and she uh, she is, she's not... Shout out to Chanel. Shout out to Chanel because she's absolutely... Well, here, here's the good news, Bruce. She doesn't listen to the podcast, so she has no idea that I'm acknowledging. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But, but... I don't know what she's doing with that recording thing over there. Nonetheless, shout out to Chanel because, uh, you know, she did not... Well, she did a little bit of kicking and fussing, but ultimately, I'm out here in Houston with Bruce doing murder rooms, which is going to overlap uh, our, our wedding anniversary. So that's how I know today's the 6th because my wedding anniversary is November 7th. Listeners, by the way, you you need to know this. Uh, Flying home Friday, November 8th, and then uh, uh, Saturday, November 9th, uh, Chanel and I are going to have a wonderful night celebrating our anniversary. We have reservations to a, a very lovely, fancy restaurant. I won't tell you how much it costs, but I will tell you that Chanel made sure my wallet was going to be sore the next day. And then after dinner, we're going to Caesar's Palace to watch Madonna. Yes, the Madonna at Caesar's Palace. Wow. Yeah, so... So while you're making amends and fixing relationships, yeah, could you uh, apologize for what you said about my relationship with <laughs> my life? So, 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 okay, so here's the thing. Bruce, man, I don't... He is married to an absolute <laughs> angel, the loveliest woman you would ever want to meet. Her name is Sharon. She is a doll. And for whatever reason, I can't figure it out. I, to, to hear the way Bruce talks to her, it would break your heart. It would absolutely break your heart. And so the fact that Bruce is in Houston now, not only did, did Sharon ask him not to, to, to come out to Houston, he said, you know, tell me if I'm wrong here, Bruce, said something to the effect of, woman, don't tell me where to go. You do not tell me where to go, woman. And I'm like, Bruce, her name is Sharon. And then Bruce is like, Martin, what are you doing in our bedroom? And I was like, don't worry about that. I'm trying to referee this marriage because, you know, because Bruce, Bruce is an absolute degenerate. If you guys haven't figured that out yet, he's an absolute degenerate. To this day, I don't know why Sharon agreed to marry him. But the fact that she did means you shouldn't ruin this. And yet... And and yet his his degenerate his degenerate ways are constantly, constantly threatening to push his angel of a wife over the edge until finally you know she's going to have no recourse. Was that the apology you were looking for? Bruce? That's completely factual. <laughs> so so again, I'm riding the goddamn high of tonight's murder room. So so it wasn't it wasn't a violent bloody murder scene, but. It was a playground scene. It was actually very sweet and innocent and childlike. I guess the juxtaposition was it was it was still difficult. Um, at least it was for me. Yeah, it was a, it was a challenging game. Yeah, there was a lot in there that I hadn't seen before, especially in that format. One thing I was happy about. Actually, I realized you asked me another question about the differences. I'll get to that too. Um, well, what one of the big differences that I was really happy about. 
every single puzzle wasn't a goddamn master lock. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Goddamn master locks. So some of the, I mean, yeah, again, we won't give details because that's uh, that's the murder room enthusiast code is we, is we don't give spoilers. But, I mean, there were there were maybe, I don't know, there was a couple of master locks. I, 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 I will say this, and I don't think this is giving anything away, and, and Bruce, you spoke to this a little bit yesterday where it was like, it was like, okay, like, um, we've got these, like, master locks, but we're in, in Egypt, the theme doesn't fit. In today's murder room, there was master locks, but they were actually on lockers. So, like, if you were in school and you had PE and you had lockers, it makes sense to have a lock on the locker. So, so even though there was master locks, it fit the theme of the room, and outside of that, to the best of my memory... I don't think there was there, there was no other another other lock. So all of the puzzles, absolutely, they weren't locks, and they fit in with the theme of the room. Excuse me, I think a, a, a burp just snuck out from the back of my throat. I hope I caught that on on audio. Can enjoy a little cranberry sprite if you can. Again, there'll be a pause here while both of us drink. Yeah, give us a sec. I've had a clinky clinky up here, Bruce. God damn it. God damn it, I feel good. Shit. I think everybody who played that game enjoyed it. And everybody got to do something. I think so. Everybody participated. Did you feel like you solved some anything? Or you um, that's, that's an outstanding question. So, because you're playing the game with multiple people, listeners, I'm talking to you guys, not Bruce, because he already knows this. Um, there's a lot of collaboration... And people are solving puzzles. Like it's not like every second they're solving something, but you might be in one corner of the room, and then you hear some celebration in another corner because you know they've solved a puzzle, which is getting you closer to the end, and it's exciting. But you weren't part of it. You know, you're part of it because you're part of the group. But like they solved it, and sometimes maybe you're with somebody else, and you kind of sort of solve something together at the same time and it's and it's nice and so i think what bruce is getting to is like it's especially satisfying if if you're the one on your own that you solved something and that is actually terrifically nice so to answer your question bruce i want to say yeah but i can't i can't i i feel like i did but, you know, uh, you did most of that crossword, I think. You know what? Yeah, well, I did most of the writing anyway. But I also, you know what? So yeah, I got a few things on the crossword. Um, the 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 very the very and again, I'll be general about this. The very last thing to do to get out of the room, we had to punch a code. Bruce gave me the numbers, but I punched the code, so I got the I got the big payoff that that opened the door that allowed us to escape and that was that was pretty sweet. Did you have to do a pound sign now for after you did the code? Did not have to do a pound sign. No, no, no pound sign. So um, what was the room called again? Playground. Playground. I bought a shirt. That's how excited I was. Well, okay. I told Bruce before we got it. Bought a button. Bruce bought a button. Oh, did you? Good for you. I didn't actually know that. Pen. Bought a pen. Is it a pen or a button? It's a pen. It's um. It's a pen. A button yeah. hold the shirt, holds the shirt together. Uh-huh. And a pin makes you go blind Yeah, if you put it in the wrong eye. 
So before we started, so so I mean, this escape room had merch. That's how you know they were classy. Last night's escape room, <laughs> had merch. they didn't have yeah. merch. This one had merch. And swag. And, and swag. Oh, yeah, we got a bumper sticker that said, I escaped. You'll see that on, on Instagram. Go to Instagram, at March and the Straps. You'll see... You'll see my, my, my I escaped swag. Um, before we went into the murder room, they have four different rooms, I believe. Is that correct, Bruce? Yes. For every room, they have a T-shirt. And that T-shirt says, I escaped. And, and also a teddy. There's a teddy for each room. I didn't realize that, a teddy. I missed. I totally missed that. So in our case, there was a T-shirt that said, I escaped the playground. So I told Bruce, before we went in there... If we escape, I'm buying this goddamn shirt, and I meant it. And I, and I, and you could see the look in my eyes. You said, "Oh my God, I've never seen Martin this intense." That's true. He means it. So when we escaped, we went. I went straight to the merch counter. And that's not true. We took a group picture, and you know, we mingled and we celebrated. But then, after we took a group picture, got myself. A, I got myself some merch. Bought the T-shirt. I escaped the playground. I'll probably put that on, on Instagram as well because you guys deserve to see that. Riding the high of escaping this murder room. I almost don't want to do tomorrow's room because it'll be so disappointing if, if we don't escape. But you know what? I'm, I'm fucking optimistic. I don't, I can't, I'll, I'm never going to not es- escape a murder room again. Like I've cracked it. They can't lock go. me in. What do you think? Unstoppable. Unfucking stoppable. So the theme of tomorrow's room, just to kind of set things up for you guys, the only thing that I sort of, kind of, sort of know about the theme of tomorrow's room is it's a it's a Houdini seance theme. Is that correct, Bruce? Yes. You also have a few more details, so fill those in. Um, this game is a mixture of escape of murder room, right, and interactive theater. So there are live actors. And from what I understand, there are sections where you're just involved in the drama and other sections where you're solving puzzles that they've broken up very nicely, is what people tell me, uh, for a very unique experience. From the enthusiast Facebook page that I follow, people say, do not, if you're a murder room player, do not leave Houston without playing this game. Wow. And they're very, they're very serious. Wow. All right, so that's that's my goal. Now, let me ask you this. For our three-night extravaganza, is it a coincidence that this is the last room, or did you plan it that way? It was a matter of that was the only night available. All right. I'll take that to mean you planned it exactly this way. This way? I'm so excited, Bruce. I can't pronounce words. You planned it this way. That's because you're going to go see Madonna and you're thinking about a song from the album Ray of Light, which is how she won so many Grammys. 100%. That is 100% correct, Bruce. Uh, I feel now I feel like I'm physically coming down with uh, from this high. I'm actually kind of fucking exhausted now. After after we after we finished the, the the murder room and we escaped and we came back to the hotel, I told Bruce, I can't tell if I'm sleepy or if I'm just exhausted from because from from the murder room because it is I mean it's it's I think because you're so you're so engaged with trying to solve these puzzles, I think you take for granted that it's there's a lot of physicality involved. So what, here's a question for you: um, When in the past, I've been trying to get Martin to do this for us. 
substantial amount of time, <laughs> as well as many other people. He's not the only person who's had to endure my proddings, so to speak. Um, what could what can I do to short of taking them to a game, right? To convey the the amount of immersion and excitement that you feel when you're actually playing the game. Here's the only thing you have to do, and I'm going to start this by saying you're welcome. <laughs> Tell them Martin's going to be there. <laughs> Martin's going to be there. That's it. Wow. That's all I need to know. So Bruce is going to be there wasn't enough. Not enough. In fact, let's be honest, not only was it not enough, it might have it might have gone into the negative. So it wasn't like it wasn't enough. It was actually convincing them to go even less. Like if you had just said, go try an escape room and I won't be there, then they might have gone, okay, you would have right. had a better chance. Because there's a good odd... Absolutely. If they know I'm not going to be there, then there's... But when you said, yeah. do an escape room with me, negative. So by saying, I'm going to be there negative, Martin will be there. It's going to make up for the negative and then go into that positive and convince them to go. That's all they need. That's all they need. Well, I can honestly say I had not thought of that before. Right. No. Right. But, Sorry about that. I'm just that excited. Uh, <laughs> Bruce enjoyed that. I did. I snorted. <laughs> so we got a Houdini room tomorrow. We did the play around tonight. We started with the mummy one. <clears throat> Fuck the mummy. We're still trying to get out of that goddamn room. Can you see now why I described the mummy room as a mediocre room? Definitely. Because here's the thing. Like, the mummy room... Okay, I'm just not having a thought, Bruce. The mummy room started in the dark. It wasn't pitch black, but it was dark, and we had flashlights. This room started completely lit. Maybe more lit than we needed... But, it, but within that beautifully lit room, I, I was also completely, completely in awe of all the wonderful detail around the room. It was filled with details. Some of those details were clues. Some of those details were just really, really great production design. I, I'm, st- I, I'm stealing a term from the movies, but I'm sure it relates. Just the whole design of the room was completely immersive. I'm just not having the thought that that mummy room was like, you know what? We kind of half-assed the design, so let's make making it dark part of the puzzle. So they, they kept it dark so you wouldn't see just how mediocre it was in terms of its design. Where the yard, where the yard house, listen to me, the playground murder room, they're like, we're proud of this motherfucker. We're going to light it all the way up so you can see how great this room is. It was terrific. Again, my only regret is that there weren't the bloody handprints of children around the playground, so you had to figure out who murdered, you know, the kids, like what, like, child murder, you know, rapist, you know, kidnapped and killed the kids. That's, that would be a great murder like room. Like most schools. Like, like most schools. Yeah. So the, the difference is, is kind of like the mummy room felt like you were in a office building that they had made dark and put some Egyptian props in. Yeah. As opposed to today, we felt like we were 
actually in a classroom. One hundred percent out into a into a playground. One hundred percent. Any there was even like um, like audio video elements. So like in the mummy murder room, the game master, you know, he would talk to us over the speakers, and if there was clues, you know, he would just. Tell, tell us a clue, I guess. Although, I don't know if we asked for any clues. And tonight's murder room, it, it, was, it felt, it felt. I mean, well, there was a TV screen. And if there was clues, the clues would come up on the TV screen. And so it would be like a sentence or a clue. Occasionally, it was a picture. Um, sometimes the clue was like a sound effect to get your attention. There was a lot of really cool stuff that was kind of engaging all of your senses. And it was just, it was just, it was just a much, it was a much better room all around. And I'm, I won't shit too much on the mummy room, but now that we've done a better room, it feels like we're shitting on it. So, you know, whatever. You know what, mummy room? Step up your game. Yeah. Step up your game. So let me tell you, tell you about the second room I played. I'll tell you about the first. Do we have time for me to do that? Yeah, why not? Okay. First room I played, I played by myself. And I did awful. But it had an amazing set. There were lasers. There was a big giant wheels on the wall that you turned. There was a, a small movable closet kind of room that the, the guy running the game had to come in and help me with because normally it required two players. So it was very elaborate, but it wasn't fun. The second game I played was in a little office space mm-hmm. in Southern California. And I took my wife to play it. And it was called the Crazy Crazy Secret Laboratory was the name of it. And in Crazy... It looked like an office with props that somebody had just stuck in there. In fact, in this room, there was DNA that was drawn in crayon on the wall. And so, I mean, more than the second picture, so I'm doing this, so it's a little distracting. I'm taking pictures for the website. Keep talking, so Bruce. I, I'm keeping it, go- keeping it going. <laughs> but anyway, that room was tremendously fun because it was the first time I had played a game with my wife, and we really enjoyed it, and we are solving the puzzles, and we were just having a great time together. So, the part, of the equa- part of the equation here is n- not just the set, but it's who you play the game with. So I just or the and or and the nature of the puzzle. So I just wanted to clarify that even though the set and playground was vastly better than the Mummy's Curse, that that is not necessarily what makes a game great. I'm going to be honest with you, Bruce. I was so concerned with getting pictures for the website. I missed the entire story, but the great thing about this is we're recording the conversation. So when I listen back to this, I'll get to enjoy it for the first time. All right. Uh, in the meantime, this is probably going to be our, our website picture. What do you think about that? Uh, that's perfect. Good. I mean to go cracker in this picture. <laughs> if you wonder why my mouth is at a weird angle, I'm eating uh, a cracker and drinking wine. So I may, not, I may look inebriated as well. Yeah. So, But don't expect a lot from me. Martin, of course, looks 
Amazing, uh, amazing, and I, I was going for I was going for psychotic. So hopefully that comes through a little bit, and you guys will also get an idea a sli- a slight idea of what my hotel room looks like because I know that was one of the big burning questions since we began this episode is what does Martin's hotel room in Houston look like? You'll get a glimpse. You'll get a glimpse. All right, we'll go ahead and wrap up. But again, uh, playground was the room tonight. Excellent, and we escaped that murder room. Tomorrow, Houdini, Seance, and the, actually, by the way, the, fr- the last night and tonight was a one-hour time limit. Sure. Tomorrow is a two-hour time limit. Is that correct? I'm not even sure it's a time limit. Shit. They just say it's going to last anywhere between like an hour to two hours. So I don't, I don't know why. I don't know if. That's because the interactions with the actors uh-huh. could maybe lengthen the game or because they allow you to take as much time as you want to solve the puzzles. I'm not, I don't know. All right. So we'll, we'll report back to you on that one. All right. So if you want to find out how we enjoyed the Houdini Seance Murder Room. By Strange Bird Immersive. By Strange Bird Immersive. Then stay tuned because we're going to talk about it right now. And we're back. Just like that. At this point, um, I haven't, I haven't looked at the clock. I'm looking at the clock now. In Houston, Texas, it's a quarter to midnight, so it's been well over 24 hours since the last time Bruce and I sat down to talk to you guys, and yet, for all of you, it was only a couple of seconds ago that we left off talking about, well, I guess we talked about Playground last time around. So tonight, Bruce, we finished our third murder room, our third consecutive murder room. Uh, tonight was the Houdini seance room. And, well, actually, first, let, let, we'll, we'll, we'll clear, we'll, let's put this on the table just to set expectations both for the listeners and ourselves. At this point, after doing three murder rooms in a row, three nights in a row, getting less and less sleep every night, I think it's safe to say that right this very second, we are both pretty exhausted. That is absolutely correct. (laughs) Okay, so since we're both pretty exhausted, this might be the shortest (laughs) post-murder room report, but we'll... we'll, <laughs> we'll at least uh, we'll at least give you some. We'll, we'll we'll do it justice. We're just pretty fucking tired at this point. We are. Um, first things first. The the Houdini Seance. What was the official title? I'm just calling it the Houdini Seance Room. Strange Bird Immersives, Man Behind the Mask, the Houdini Seance Room. Okay, I wasn't too far off. First things first, first uh, general overall impressions, I will say this room was very cool. It was very cool. I liked it a whole lot. What, what were your thoughts, Bruce? It was freaking amazing. Good, okay. And I and I, and I appreciate your opinion because this was, what, 100 and, 108 for this you? This was number 108. So 108. So I thought the room was very cool. I love that you thought it was freaking amazing. Tell me why you thought it was amazing, particularly... 
in lieu of your previous 107 experiences? It was freaking amazing because uh, I have never had an escape room uh, deliver an effective story like that. Um, one that uh, at one point made me tear up. Oh. Yeah. I missed that. Yeah. I was looking away. <laughs> I didn't want you to see. So, um, yeah, I thought it was a, it was really, it had a really good story. Mm-hmm. And I'm not one to say that all escape rooms should have stories. Because to me, uh, murder rooms, sorry, murder rooms are about <laughs> puzzles. But in this case, it was just awesome. One thing that I loved about this room is on our, on our first night talking about murder rooms, you asked me what my expectations were, having never done it before. And if I remember correctly, because again, it was three nights ago, one of the things that I said that I hoped would happen is that from the moment we walked through the door, we would be immersed in whatever the room was. So tonight, escape room absolutely delivered on that that the the moment we walk in in fact not even the moment we walked through the door even before we walked through the door because we were greeted at the door by the main character in the narrative of of, of the murder room who she was a she was a what would you call her a a psychic yeah and so she um she invites us into her into her you know psychic sort of seance lobby and we're hanging out for a little bit she has you know she has books for everybody with their names on them which was cool and then as we're kind of hanging out you know she's sitting at a table and uh she to no one in particular you know she and, and by the way this isn't the escape room part so i don't think i'm telling any tales outside of school am i well, I think we're running close to the edges of that, but I'll let you run right up to, right up to the edge, okay. right up on the curb. We're kind of up on the curb. Yeah, yeah, because I I don't want to drive over the curb, and I'll let Bruce cut me off if he thinks that I'm uh, overstepping. But like one of the fun things is like like she's sitting there, and to no one in particular, you know she's you know she says you know, I'm bored. Does uh, does anybody want a tarot reading? And so, and, it, and so it just became like this fun extra thing where she's like totally in character. She's totally committed the entire night. And, and, and you know, to, to include, she's a very talented tarot reader. And um, so... She was at that. Yeah. Yeah. And so everybody, you know, everybody ended up kind of doing a, doing a tarot reading and it was just fun... And and you know for for all we could tell like maybe the, maybe part of that was getting things set up behind the scenes or something I don't know but but anyway eventually following that the story begins and eventually we get we you know the, the escape room the murder room kind of gets going kind of gets going after that so I really really love that do me a favor Bruce um, I got a I got a text from Chanel so I'm gonna ask you to. To, to fill in a little bit just so I can check this text message from Chanel. Absolutely. Uh, there's two things. One of the predictions that I made yesterday uh, was accurate in that the room was spaced with, it started drama, escape room, and then more drama. It was 
and it was neatly split up um, to be both entertaining and murder room kind of fun. And now there's going to be a big long pause <laughs> while I take a nap. <laughs> Bruce and is pretty exhausted. After the nap, I'm going to talk about how great this game was. I would say, would you agree, Morton, that the games progress throughout the week, getting better and better? 100%. And, and I know that you're not going to take credit for that happening that way. But it was it was the ideal way for it to happen, I think, with the with the first room being now having done three, you know, at at best mediocre, but earlier today when we weren't recording, you had less than less than flattering words to say about that first room. Yeah. The second room was terrific. The so here here's what was funny. Oh oh by the way, we almost Talk about burying the lead. We fucking escaped. Oh. Yeah. We escaped. That. We escaped right the murder room tonight. And there was... Oh, sorry. Clap, 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 clap. Yeah. And there... Was there a murder? There was... Um, no murder. No, oh, no. wait, no, wait, well... There's a... Oh, okay, this is far as I'll go. Yeah. Without giving um, spoilers. There was more than one death, but there were no murders. Ooh, although... Oh, maybe there might have been There was an allusion to a potential murder. Could have been a murder. Maybe there was. Could have been a murder. I take that back. Maybe there was a murder. Could have been a murder. And so, so, again, so without giving details, because, you know, we want to honor the murder room code... Um, yeah, I checked that back in Charlie. It was uh, there were ten murders. <laughs> ten murders. It was very. Mu- it was very. I mean, so so. It was like a Dr. Seuss book of murders. Whether it's like <laughs> one murder done by a fish, a second murder done by a lobster, uh-huh. a third murder done by a crawfish, a fourth murder done by a dog. Fifth murder done by an elephant with three legs. Uh-huh. Uh, sixth murder done by a clam. Yep. Seventh murder done by an oyster. Oh, that's right. Eighth murder uh, done by a, an alligator that was biting itself in the ass. That one was dramatic. Um, a ninth murder done by a penguin. That was sexy. Uh, a tenth murder committed by a murderer. That was ambiguous. Yeah. An eleventh murder uh, uh, committed by um, a small Viking child. That was tantalizing. And uh, a twelfth murder uh, that was committed by um, 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 a stock of corn on the cob. <laughs> I'm going to give you a break and let you stop there, but that was pretty impressive. Well, that was a little 12. There was 12. Yeah, there, there had to be 12. Okay, so in that case, I'm not letting you stop, but yeah. also um, I, I'll, I'll mercifully st- uh, let you stop because that was, uh, that was, I didn't, I, that was, the, that went on twice as long as I thought it was going to go on, but I, wanted, I, I was curious to see how far you could take it. So earlier in this episode, even though for us it was a couple days ago, but earlier in this episode, you alluded to the fact that the Houdini room was also going to have it was also kind of dramatic and they would have actors and there would sort of be some 
So, which is also which is why we know now, having done it, that uh, it's, it's, it plays in large part to, to the narrative of the of the murder room and why the the narrative was so effective. The the story told, and you know, and there was, you know, the the, the actors were they, they were they were, they were very good. They were committed. Um, they had a lot to do with the fun of the room. Uh, you know, the room itself was fun. The uh, oh, I, I feel like I, should, I was, I'm, I'm cutting off another point I was going to make. But as far as solving puzzles, um, this was the first room where, for like, I felt like maybe the first half hour or so, I felt genuinely useless. I felt, I felt um, completely neutered. I was happy to be there, and it was fun to be in that environment. But I, I, you know, I felt like I was just like walking around the room, like touching the walls, looking at shit. And I had absolutely, I couldn't, nothing, I couldn't, I felt like I, I was, I was contributing nothing. Um, but I did have, uh, I had one, and, and, and Bruce can either verify this or call me, a, call me a goddamn liar. I did have one key discovery that led to, to the solving of an important puzzle that led to some, some other shit. Uh, what, what, is that fair to say, Bruce? Well, um, I'm trying to recall what the key discovery was. Uh, yeah, because I was trying not to use details. It was yeah. the one that involved, you know, at one point you, well, at one point you and I uh, crawled into a tight space together. Okay, yes. That was, okay, absolutely. Um, he did. He contributed right there. And and that and I felt so good in large part because up to that point, I was like walking around the room, just touching the walls. Like it, it's as if I had to prove to like the cameras watching me that I was trying to solve something, but I couldn't. My brain wasn't making any connection. So once I did that, I felt like I'd I'd served, I'd, I'd made my contribution. But then, without giving any de- okay, so here's the other thing, Bruce. Our Game master, who was also doubling as the uh, as the psychic, she she might have been a good actor, but uh, I, 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 I felt uh, I felt like she was kind of like like she was kind of fond of your buddy Martin. That was the impression I was getting, and I was thinking to myself, she's just doing this as part of the show. And that's fine, but then, but then, you know, at some point in the show, no details, she selects somebody in the room to pull out of the room and, and interact with them one-on-one, and who did she choose, Bruce? She chose Martin. She chose Martin. So she took me by the hand, took me out of the room, and she said, listen... I know you're probably married, but I think what we need to do is just run away, start a new life together, leave your friends in that escape room, and we're gonna murder room. Murder room. That that okay? That's how you know I'm making up most of this story. <laughs> but she did select me individually. She did take me. Here's a couple things that happened, Bruce. I think there was some chemistry there. You know, just she she, she, she took my hand. Standards point of view. 
And, and and here's something I didn't share with the with with the murderer group. Yeah, this group. is all new to me, by the way. So she took me by the hand, you know, walked me out. We sat down on the couch together. Wow. It felt very much like uh, you know, like like the, the early moments of a first date. Um, she was very close, speaking very intimately. And Bruce, I want you to know this, that I'm not this, making this part up. During the course of her talking to me, put her hand on my leg. And this is how you know that Chanel. So is it rolling? Uh, yeah, it's rolling. So hey guys, uh, if if you if you recognized a, a weird abrupt cut, it was the uh, uh, the recorder our, our microphone. Uh, I think I think it briefly lost power, so we had to um, make a quick adjustment. Um, but before that happened, we were in the middle of telling you that the uh, the actress who was playing the the, the psychic might have been a little bit sweet on me and Bruce was Bruce was kind of verifying that and you know I was trying to decide if, if Bruce was skeptical or if he actually believed it was true but then when I when, when I told him that she put her hand on my leg and left it there for uh, for a relatively good duration of time uh, you know again may, listen listen Maybe she would have put her hand on whoever's leg she happened to pull out. All as I know, Bruce, is she pulled me out and put her hand on my leg. So whatever. We almost had another escape because of that. <laughs> I'm speechless. Um, so, uh, overall. Yes. Escape rooms, murder rooms, murder rooms, pro or con? Absolutely, one hundred percent pro with a capital P. I'm very happy. At long last, you successfully not only convinced me to do it, but twisted my arm and got me to do it three nights in a row in Houston, Texas. And uh, it was a genuinely great time. I'm actually very excited to, you know, to get back to Las Vegas and see what escape rooms they have there and to get Chanel involved, because I think she'll enjoy it, too. Yeah, and next week in Vegas, we're going to get Martin eating meat again, so. (laughs) Now you're working, boy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you guys. So, um, well, actually, we're, we're about to wrap up, but... I, it, I, I think I know the answer, but of the three rooms we did this week, uh, you know, go ahead and rank them, but I feel like I know how they rank. Uh, Strange Bird, Immersive's Man Behind the Mask, Houdini, Seance Room, uh, ranked super duper number one. Yeah. Uh, number two was the Playground, and the Mummy's Curse, which was some kind of fungus, mm-hmm. was number three. Yeah, and of those three, I think the Mummy's Curse somehow ranks as number four for me. Uh, good. Very well ranked as, as number four. Uh, we'll rank that as number four. And my third favorite murder room was uh, probably just my hotel room. Um, but yeah, I'd agree with that. The uh, the only... So, so the playground... I don't know if it was the team that we were with or the environment itself. The playground had a better energy amongst the participants... Mm-hmm. And so for me, that, that 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 had a lot to do with it. So like when we escaped the the playground murder room, 
there was jubilation, there was excitement, there was high fives. When we, both in the playing and escaping of tonight's murder room, it was very subdued. It was it was almost and, anticlimactic. And the reason for that, I think, is that um, Strange Bird really draws you into the world. They really, yeah, that's um, fair. They really t- take control of the mood, and they do that. They do that with great acting. They do that with music. They do that with environment. Yeah, I'd agree with all of that. Yeah, so I think that was the only. And and again. I, I don't know that it would have. I don't think it would have been appropriate for cheers and high fives. But I, I think, in terms of like part, I, it, as I reflect on last night, a big part of that joyful payoff was we escaped and then we erupted in jubilation. Where tonight we escaped and it was and it, and it, and it was a very it was a very subdued like oh oh we escaped that's that's cool we we did it. <laughs> it kind of, kind of felt like that, but I would say that um, the the sort of the overall mood of tonight's room was what I was hoping I was going to get in, in the playground, and I love the playground. Uh, but you know, tonight was like Houdini. There was a story. The overall mood was it was it was very, very sort of. Uh, um, I, I keep thinking gothic. I don't know. I don't think that's the right word though. But it was just. It was very effective in that they created in, in the mood they created, and um, yeah, I, I keep thinking of, of other details. But the truth is, I don't, I don't want to spoil. I don't want to spoil any details for anybody. But if you happen to be in Houston, then this is a great room, and I, I would recommend it. Listen, I, I'm an I'm an expert. I've done three escape rooms. I've escaped two of them. I said escape room. I meant murder rooms. Um, I'm excited to get back to Las Vegas, not only to to eat meat with Bruce. But to see what other what others escape from. <laughs> that rooms. sounds worse and worse every time. <laughs> to see what else we can do. Uh, all right, well, Bruce. So here's the other thing about that you should know about the podcast, Bruce, because mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I suspect that aside from this being your first time on the podcast, it's probably your first time listening to the podcast. Now, if that's the case, mm, no, it's not. It's the, oh, it's not. No, I listened to the Buffy episode. Oh, of course you did. You're of course you did. That's awesome. So, so one thing that I that I do, particularly when I have repeat guests, and even though this is your first time, you're going to be on the show again. So, so like when I end the show, I, I end the show, like I basically have, we'll call it a catchphrase. So I end the show saying the same thing every time. So when I have a repeat guest, I like for them to have their own thing. So when they come back on the show, they can end the show with their own thing. So I don't know if you have something in mind, or maybe in the moment you'll just think of something and then it'll you'll just blurt it out. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna start the business of wrapping up, and you just think about what you want your thing to be. And I don't want to tell you how to do it, but if it had if it was related somehow to murder rooms or escape rooms, that could be cool. But that's between you and the microphone. So you think about it for a second while I talk to my peeps. So listen, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Martinless Draft Show Podcast Hour. I know 2019 has been very sparse. Frankly, I don't even know if this episode came out in 2019. We might put this out in 2020. I really don't know. But I know it's been sparse. In large part, the reason you haven't got a lot of episodes is because much of this year was devoted to my other podcast, The Happy Show Fantastic. 
If you haven't listened to that one, go listen to The Happy Show Fantastic. Go to happyshowfantastic.com. Go to iTunes. Go anywhere you can listen to podcasts. You can find The Happy Show Fantastic. But again, much of this year was, was, was devoted to that. That's why you haven't gotten a lot of Martin Lestrap Show podcast hour. That said... We're going to get back into the swing of things, and we're going, to, we're going to start producing and putting out more episodes on a consistent basis, like you guys are used to. So this is just, you know, this is just one of those episodes as we, as we get back into the swing of things. That said, thanks again so very much for joining us for this episode of the Marginless Trap Show Podcast Hour. And until next time, you know, before I say that, I should actually thank my friend and my guest, Bruce Smith. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, you're quite welcome. Thank you, you so for much. Thank you so much for getting me to do these escape murder rooms. You're welcome. And thanks for uh, coming coming to Houston and hanging out in Houston with me. Quite welcome. Um, you're gonna. My understanding of how this podcast works is, is that after it's all done being recorded, is Martin pretty much edits out most of what his guests say. Oh, absolutely. So you. I won't be on here much. No, no, and quite frankly, this might very well be just like a solo Martin episode. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Okay. Or, if I'm motivated enough, I might just re- I might record your part, but I'll say them, and it'll be a conversation with myself. Hmm. So we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, until next time, I will see you on the other side. Oh, okay. So this is my cue to do the little thing where I have like a, a thing. Why yeah, I say a thing? That, that, yeah, All right. That, so yeah. my thing is I'm going to add another murder. So there's a 13th murder <laughs> performed by Cauliflower. <coughs> and every at the end of every episode that I'm on, I will announce who committed the next murder. <laughs> the person or thing. Because oh. you know in the game Clue, people murder, sometimes they murder with a little lead pipe or something. Uh-huh. But it's quite possible in this reality that the lead pipe actually did the murdering mm-hmm. and that Professor Plum was in no way involved. You're, so, you're clearly delirious and sleep deprived. Uh, so freaking tired. But, um, but here's what we're going to do though, because I feel like you're at least getting to something. By the way, this is all staying, and I'm not editing this, but <laughs> we're going to redo it now Now that we have an idea of whatever delirium you're in. You can at least, now you're ready for it, right? Yeah. Cool. So, until next time, I will see you on the other side. The cauliflower murdered somebody. <laughs>